Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey, guys, welcome back to the show. Or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. Thank (laughs) y'all for letting me take a break last week. I was peak level overwhelmed. Um, Just in, in a good way, just a lot of you know, I'm a one woman show. So any posts that you see up, any articles that you see written by me, this show being produced by me, um, I'm a one woman show. There's no team. There's no interns. You know, some people may offer to help, but like it literally is all me. And, you know, it was getting close to Easter and I'm like, you know what? I need a break. And so I appreciate everybody for reaching out. I also appreciate y'all for reaching out. I'm like, hey, girl, where's the episode? (laughs) I appreciate y'all for listening and supporting the show. Um, Couldn't have a show without you guys. And I always stand you guys at the beginning or end of this show. So y'all know how I feel about you. You Y'all know y'all my booze. But I'm back. And we have a lot to talk about. And so I don't want to belabor the point. There is nothing going on personally with my life. Um, Yeah, there's nothing going on. Um, (laughs) You know, the kid is kidding. The husband is husbanding. I'm doing all the things I'm doing. Everybody, thank God, is healthy and well and joyful. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, Easter came around. Your little, y'all's little niece had the best time um, playing. Um, her little cousin had, well, not her little cousin, her older cousin, had her fifth birthday party. Shout out to Aaliyah. Happy birthday, sweetheart. sweetheart. Oh, yeah, and Earl had her birthday, too. Uh, <laughs> literally the, the day after. Um, lots of April birthdays. Um, but y'all's niece got her little Easter basket. She was so excited. Um, lots of fun things in there. We had some Easter fun. I think y'all saw on Instagram. Um, we put up some, uh, some, we just, we just did cute family things and just, you know, me, like, I like little stuff like that. Like nothing too big, nothing too fancy, just fun family things. Um, cause that's my jam. That's my zhuzh. Anyway. Let's get into the show because, like I said, we have a ton to talk about and not a lot of time to talk about it. So let's dive into the episode. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here. Say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. All right, let's dive headfirst into the mess. Um... Lots of things, lots of things going on. <laughs> let's start. Um, let's talk about Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. So if, if you're unfamiliar with those folks, those are two amazing, incredible athletes, basketball stars, um, recently played. You guys know I don't know anything about the sports. And you guys know I was probably not watching. And you guys know I probably wasn't paying attention. So I want to put that out there before we dive into this story because I didn't know anything about this story until the internet went up and out about this whole situation. So Angel Reese is playing for LSU. Caitlin Clark is playing for Iowa. They're, you know, shit talkers going to shit talk. Um, they're playing their little basketball game. I don't mean little as a reductive thing. You know, I'm an auntie. So little just comes alongside of like a lot of things, but that's not in a reductive way because these people played this game. And played their best. LSU wins. Um, decisively wins. Um, and folks were mad about it. Folks felt big, big mad. Um, particularly surrounding the Angel Reese of it all. Now, Angel Reese is an unapologetic black girl who enjoys her basketball, enjoys her sports. Um, and is doing the damn thing at LSU along with it, the other incredible members of her team. Um, but she's a competitor. Like most athletes, you kind of have to be competitive to be a good athlete. Um, And so she she noticed that in previous games, one Caitlin Clark, who also incredible athlete doing incredible things. Again, watching her play was like exciting. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see you in the, you know, in 
the national, the, the the big one, the big one, not the college one, the big one. Y'all know what I, y'all know. I don't know nothing about no sports. Don't judge me. Let me get to the point. The point is Caitlin Clark is a Clark is an incredible competitor. Also very competitive. And she does what some folks call the John Cena, but what black folks know as the Tony Yayo, this hand waving motion in front of your face saying like, you can't see me. Um, Caitlin Clark is also known to shit talk. Um, she told one person, um, while they were standing on the foul line, um, getting ready to shoot their, or I guess, free throws. I, y- y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, she, Caitlin Clark told this person, like, you're down by 15 points. Relax. Um, and like, I believe a larger network, whether it was ESPN or not, I can't really remember. I'm doing this off top of the head. This is not in my notes. Did a whole like press junket on her and her shit talking because, you know, it's cute when certain people do it. But when that same energy is delivered back, i.e. by Angel Reese, who did the same Tony Yayo hand wave um, at the end of the game that LSU won decisively. Now it's everyone's in a big uproar. Um, the the. The most egregious that I saw was Keith Oberman, who I swore was one of the good ones, swore was one of the good ones, talking about what a fucking idiot. Um, Sorry, did I tell you I was going to be cursing in this episode? I'm sorry, I'm going to be cussing in this episode. Um, And everyone was like, why is she an idiot? And so I tweeted quickly um, because he accompanied that with um, Angel Reese's picture um, doing that Tony Yayo hand wave next to Caitlin Clark. And I said, I put a picture of Caitlin Clark doing it at another game. And I said, talk about this first. Before you talk about Angel Reese, talk about this first. And so he, Keith, this was not in response to me. I'm sure it was in response to the masses. But he essentially responded with an apology that wasn't necessarily an apology. He pretty much said he was he never even paid attention to this thing, um, essentially. And that he you know, shouldn't have spoken this way and da, da, da. but he still never apologized for calling that girl an idiot for being competitive. Like men do this in the sports all the time. Men are competitive. Men can get in people's faces and cut up and act fool and talk big and stuff like that. But when girls do it specifically, when black girls do it, then it becomes a problem. And you know, people were calling her classless. People were calling her tasteless. People were calling her everything but a child of God for simply doing exactly what Caitlin Clark did. And I would like to point out, and y'all got to walk with me here because this is giving me, um, it's the same vibes that I got with the whole Angela Bassett situation where Angela Bassett, you know, she's sitting in the Academy Awards and she didn't win um, for Best Supporting Actress. And folks were really upset with her for not immediately jumping to her feet to clap for Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who won that award. Uh, not immediately, because remember, the camera was on her for maybe all of three seconds before they started focusing on Jamie. Um, and I just want everyone to remember that black women don't owe you anything, but especially not to make you feel comfortable. Like, I don't know what time you think it is or who you think we are. We're not your supporting cast. We're not your supporting cast to the narrative that you have casted for us. We are not going to make you comfortable by hiding our disappointments. We are not going to make you comfortable by reducing our anger. We're not going to make you comfortable by diminishing our confidence. And we're not going to make you comfortable by not flexing when we win, which is what Angel Reese did. That's what athletes do. That's what competitive folks do. Um, and she addressed it. Angel Reese pretty much said like, you know, I don't fit the narrative. Y'all talked about me all year long. Y'all said this, y'all said that. Um, it's real interesting that, you know, folks had all these things. Y'all think it's cute when, when some people do it, but when I do it, like that girl has a good head on her shoulders and she knows what's up. She knows what's up. Also black women have a long memory and don't think that we don't remember how y'all talked about Shakari Richardson. Don't think that we don't remember. Don't think that we don't remember how y'all talked about a lot of our folks, a lot of black women for simply having the audacity to exist, for simply being, 
I know it makes you quiver. It makes you feel uncomfortable for people who don't bow down for people who don't kneel to white supremacy. Case in point, Jill Biden. Yes. The Jill Biden, who I never thought that I would be giving this energy to that I'm about to give her. But Jill Biden is a big fan of college sports, specifically college basketball, specifically women's college basketball. Jill, as tradition, they invite the winning team to the White House to meet the president, to have dinner. Um, you know, it's just it's, it's a nice it's a nice thing that happens, you know, when you win a national championship. Um, Jill said, you know, this was such a great game and the game went so well. You know, I, I, I feel like the Iowa girls should come too. they lost something like 125 to like 80 something. And since when are the losers invited to the game? Angel Reese addressed this too. She said that she didn't want to go. Now, I believe that since, you know, all of this has happened, like a, like I said, last week was a very busy week. Since all this has happened last week, I believe that she has changed her mind and she will be going to the White House. And I hope that she gets an immediate apology from Jill Biden. Because let me tell you how all of black culture stopped having the culture wars for just a second, just long enough to drag Jill Biden because it's giving y'all remember a few years ago where there was that black valedictorian at that one school and the school pulled a, Hey, let's have a, let's get the next closest kid to this black valedictorian and make them co-valedictorians. Despite the fact that they didn't have the same age, sorry, not age, same grade uh, level. Like the black girl had like out outpaced this person by a lot. There was a significant distance, but because the school couldn't handle having a black valedictorian, they had to pick a white one to stand beside them. Like it's giving that it's giving, um, Hey, we see the black team one, but let's invite the white girls too. And rather than Jill taking this as an opportunity to, you know, apologize to truly apologize you know, for offending this winning team. Because let me tell you something, would LSU have even been invited if LSU had lost? No, they would not have been invited. They wouldn't have even been a second thought. Um, let's be real about that. Let's be honest about that. And instead of Jill Biden saying, you know what, this is how white supremacy persists. This is exactly, it's that unconscious bias. It's that implicit bias that we all can be guilty of. Um, and are guilty of it's that it's those little undercurrents that we don't address um, that makes us feel comfortable enough to say and do these things. Um, and I want to sincerely apologize to LSU. They are the champions. They are the ones who deserve the invite um, and great game, Iowa. Um, and if she felt so inclined, she could go out to Iowa and take a picture with them at their school. You know, if she, if she felt that strongly, uh, but rather than doing that, her press secretary threw something together to say, oh, of course, we're not going to invite that. I believe with the, it was like in 24 hours because the dragging, the dragging that was happening. Child. <sighs> shout out to LSU. Shout out to Angel Reese. Shout out to all of the beautiful stories that I see coming out of that winning team. Um, and just a reminder that Angel Reese is a sophomore. That means we're going to see a lot more of her. Um, and I can't wait. I'm personally really excited. Speaking of which I did just speak about Shikari Richardson. I just saw Shikari Richardson has been running lately and she's been winning lately. So, um, I'm looking forward to rooting for her again. Like I never stopped rooting for her. You know, she was going through what she was going through and dealing with what she was dealing with and folks wanted to be weird about it. Um, but yeah, rooting for, rooting for, rooting for the girl. Um, so that's that one situation. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, uh, so y'all want to talk about Tennessee? Let's talk about Tennessee. So unfortunately, I believe we talked about it last episode, the another horrible mass shooting this time in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, three children, three adults gone. Um, the shooter, uh, was, is also gone just a bunch of lives ruined, just a bunch of, just a hurting community. Um, and in that community hurting, they decided to rally. They decided to rally 
to get together and to go talk to their representatives because that's what a democracy does. That's what people do, right? Um, unlike that, uh, that lawmaker, uh, what was his last name? Burchett, Burchett, Tim Burchett. Remember he said, essentially, we're just not going to do anything. Uh, we're not going to change it. We need a revival. We need the Lord to be in people's hearts. We need the Lord to be in people's hearts more than we need the common sense. And I'm speaking as a Christian more than the common sense that the Lord gave us to say, Hey, it's the guns. Hey, let's address this. Or, Hey, since y'all keep saying, Oh, it's mental health. Oh, it's mental health to stop defunding mental health programs and mental health issues and encourage people and do all of the things we can do as law makers to ensure that people who are having mental health issues, which you guys know that this is not true. And this is, I'm trying to play along with what Tim Burchett was implying and what people imply when they say, Oh, it's a mental health issue. And that's not a personal thing. That's not a personal thing. This seems systemic. There's lots of people who have mental health concerns, mental health issues, mental health diagnosis, and they don't pick up a freaking assault rifle or multiple assault rifles in the case of the Nashville shooter and go and mow people down. People deal with it every day, all day, all the time. They take their meds. They go get their help. They talk to their therapists and their their they talk to their doctors. They they they're working on it every day. And I don't like this demonization that's coming along with oh it's mental health. There's nothing we can do. Um, you know, like everybody at some point in their lives will deal with their with mental health issues. Every single person. And how many of those people take? or have access to the type of weaponry that we can get in this country to go harm a bunch of people. I just want to be really clear about that. There's things that we can do and there's things that we should do. And that's what the people of, of Nashville and Tennessee overall did when they got together and they rallied themselves, mostly children. This is the kicker. It was mostly students that did this. I'm looking at the images. People keep saying on the right, that this was an insurrection and they overwhelmed the Tennessee house and da, 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 da. And until I hear about them smearing poop on the walls, um, crashing into people's offices, defacing people's offices, um, climbing over each other, tumbling over each other. That was no insurrection that happened in Nashville. There was no property damage. No one got arrested. No one was harmed. It was a peaceful protest. And I need people to get real about that. These people are so weird on the internet so strange and I'm really getting frustrated around the conversation around what happened in Nashville a bunch of students and their parents and their teachers and doctors and community folks got together with their cardboard signs and their songs they're singing all you need is love in the daggone hallways they're not blocking the doors they're not causing any harm yes I saw there was a little snafu between like a a small group of people um, and some law enforcement, but outside of that, nothing, there's nothing on the internet. That's no story, nothing being told, no police report, nothing about people defacing or harming the Tennessee house because it was a peaceful protest, right? And so these kids and their community get together and they are pro protesting for gun reform right? Common sense gun reform. Three representatives in particular go out and join them. Um, representative Gloria, I forget her last name, Johnson, Gloria Johnson, um, and representatives, Justin, the two Justins, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, uh, all go to stand with them, all go to protest with them, right? I mean, it's, it's in our first amendment, right? That we can protest peacefully and not have to worry about any reper repercussions from the government. Well, unfortunately that wasn't the case because in the Tennessee house, Tennessee Republicans decided that they were going to, um, not just sit these three representatives down, but completely expel them, expel them from the body. Just to keep in mind, just keep, just to keep in mind, there was someone who took a piss on another representative's seat peed on someone's seat and they didn't expel this person they are, are there are people who have current federal investigations against them and they chose not to expel those individuals 
right? The two stories that come to mind of people that were expelled was one person was committing actual fraud, like financial fraud. Um, and another person had multiple sexual assault allegations against them. So you mean to tell me a financial per- a person committing financial fraud and a person who has sexual allegations against them can be expelled, um, can be expelled alongside of people who are simply doing their, their, their duty as a citizen and as a representative of the people who clearly want gun reform, gun activists included, people who want gun, you know, people who like own firearms included, they want common sense gun reform. So they don't have to worry about going to the market or going to the movies or going to the school or existing outside of their homes in fear gun reform and y'all kick them out it was very short-sighted because what the tennessee republicans essentially did was make justin jones and justin pearson national and international stars that's what they did president biden spoke up about this um Actually, I saw some British media about this, some British coverage about this. Um, All over the nation, folks have like rallied behind the two Justins. Um, And spoiler alert, they both got reinstated. Both, uh, according to Vox, Representative Justin Jones and Representative Justin Pearson, two Democrats who were recently expelled from the Tennessee legislature over their participation in a gun control protest have both been officially reinstated to their old seats. Jones was reinstated by the Nashville Metropolitan Council in a vote of 36 to zero on Monday. Pearson was reinstated by the Shelby County Commission by a vote of seven to zero. So both unanimously voted back in. Jones was sworn back to his old seat on Monday. Pearson has yet to be sworn in at the time of this recording. Um, The reinstatements are ultimately temporary. Tennessee law requires the districts of the expelled lawmakers to hold special elections to fill their seats. Both Jones and Pearson are allowed to uh, participate in that election and they are they won't be expelled again. They can't be expelled again that's per tennessee law um so not only did not only was this a frivolous use of government time and not only did the tennessee gop do more about these three people who protested with their constituents with their people for gun reform than they did about actual gun reform they made these two stars they made these two national and international stars. I can't wait to see what else they do. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from them and seeing them. Also conversation on the internet around these two is really weird because, and I have to remember that the internet is a collection of a bunch of folks all together. And people think that because they have the right to publish and they do have the right you have the right to publish the thoughts that you have in your head that those thoughts are correct because I saw a post from a young lady who who essentially called Justin Pearson quote cosplaying as a civil rights leader as if he wasn't actually leading a civil rights movement as if he wasn't actually participating in a civil rights movement because Justin has an afro and because he speaks with a church cadence you know, you, you know, the church cadence, the good black Baptist church cadence where we speak like this. And if there's any cause of confusion, and this is what we do. And this is how we rally our people. I'm not doing a good job of it, but y'all know (laughs) y'all heard my, y'all heard my little husband's intro of this segment. Y'all know how churchy people speak. Um, and they said that he was cosplaying like a like a like a civil rights leader. She's like cosplaying like a civil rights leader is really weird. Girl, have you not been paying attention? Do you not know what's going on here? Have you like just say that you're ignorant and like that you're not paying any attention to what's going on because the civil rights leaders that you see in your black and white photos and things like that were the age of Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. They were the same ages. They were young folks, 
young men and they had the same folks people who they were rallying for and trying to protect the same folks people from their community talked down about them too to try to delegitimize them too it's just really weird how like folks want to claim like there's a lot of people who claim that if they were during you know lived during civil rights that they would act a certain way or perform a certain way and here we are we've been living in civil rights style times you know we had the protests of of 2020 you know we had a whole ass insurrection we've had you know environmental justice issues um systemic racism issues uh there's laws being created and cast against queer people and people who don't identify as uh, white, cisgender, heterosexual, Christian, able-bodied males. Um, we're living in civil rights times and y'all still aren't waking up about that. Goofy girl. Lucky I couldn't find that tweet. Um, I hope she deleted it. Uh, Cause when I saw that, my eyes immediately crossed. Let's see. Let's see. What's the next story? Oh, y'all hide your kids, hide your wife. Hide your kids, hide your wife. If you don't know what that reference is, Google it. Um, because Missouri State Senator Mike Moon suggested, now this is a Missouri State Senator, a person who was voted in by his peers, elected to this to this seat in Missouri. State Senator Mike Moon suggested that children as young as 12 should have the right to marry with parental permission, 12 years old. Let me tell you what I was doing with 12 years old. I think I had a Tamagotchi and a nano pet I was more concerned about stickers and adore like cute boys um I had just started that gel pins were a thing I remember gel pins uh butterfly clips were a thing um but I was I was fully a child at 12 years old a whole ass kid at 12 years old marriage you're talking about marriage and this is talking about marriage to an adult like 12 years old, marrying somebody who is legally an adult. What are we talking about here? What are we even talking about here? According to the Springfield Newsleader um, publication, during a debate on Tuesday, a bill banning gender affirming care for transgender minors, Missouri State Senator Mike Moon suggested that children as young as 12 should have the right to marry with parental parental permission. Um. He said, do you know any kids? I'm sorry. I've just got exhausted. Do you know any kids who have been married at 12? I do. And guess what? They're still married. Mike Moon said in response to the questioning by Democratic State Representative Peter Meredith. The way my eyes would have crossed when I heard that statement. I'm like, sir, they don't have the right to vote. They don't have the right to have a drink. They don't have the right, they don't have the rights an adult would have. They're literally 12. Their bodies aren't done growing. Their brains aren't done finished developing. They're, 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 they're children. These are, these are minors. These are children. These are people who, who we wouldn't trust to, to cast a vote or to decide, you know, the people that y'all trust y'all y'all don't trust um to decide things about their own bodies you know like we don't trust them to do those things but we want to trust them to marry an adult that's nasty y'all are trying to legalize nasty and i don't like it i think it's gross i think it's disgusting i think that this person should immediately either step down or be removed um because pedophilia you're trying to legalize pedophilia this is a child. She is 12, 12 years old. Cause you're not talking about two 12 year olds marrying each other, which would be really, really weird. You're talking about, you're talking about a child marrying an adult, an adult. Get him out of here. This is why elections matter. Stop voting for pedophiles. Like who, why are you trying to legalize pedophilia? I'm grossed out. I'm disgusted. Speaking of other things that are disgusting, Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi declares that April is Confederate Heritage Month. The Confederacy, the same Confederacy that were traitors to the United States, traitors 
to the United States and should have been dealt with as traitors if it wasn't for white supremacy. The same traitors who, if they were slave owning folks, received reparations, those traitors. The same traitors who folks like Justin Jones got arrested something like 20 times protesting the statue of the creator and founder of the Ku Klux Klan being in the goddamn Tennessee house. Traitors. Traitors. To the United States. And now they have a they have a heritage month in Mississippi. It tracks. Let me tell you a funny story. I had a friend at one point, had, past tense, had a friend who, the reason why we fell out, among a lot of other things, like I have only have a personal tolerance for bullshit so far. This particular person, I posted on my Instagram and I, to this day, remember the exact details. I remember exactly what I was doing. I was nannying. I remember I was getting ready to put one of the boys down for a nap and then take the other boy, um, for a walk or something like that, um. Or to like go play in their backyard, something like that. So I just put the little one down. And yes, we were going out back, I remember. Um, Because I didn't want to, clearly you can't leave the house (laughs) when you put one kid down for a nap. Um, So we were just going to go out back. And I had the monitor in my hands. And I remember going down the steps. And I remember hearing my phone buzz. And I look, and it's a message from my friend, my friend at the time. And she was irate with me. Very, very angry. Why was she irate with me? Because on this particular day, um, I just, I said something about Martin Luther King Day being uh, Robert E. Lee Day in certain states. It was like, it was like five states um, that celebrate Martin Luther King Day along with Robert E. Lee Day. Kind of like what Jill Biden said, you know, Iowa should come with LSU. Like, why are we celebrating the winners with the losers? but not with the racial implications of that, of the, the latter, I mean, the former story. Um, y'all get the point and y'all see why that's problematic. Um, why are we celebrating Robert E. Lee when Robert E. Lee was a traitor, a traitor and should have been treated as such? Um, I was like, could you, could you imagine the Nazis saying, uh, I mean, not the Nazis, the German, the Germans saying, oh, we're going to have Nazi heritage month. Girl, what are we talking about? Those were traitors. They killed so many people, um, Confederates did a lot of damage, a lot of harm to a lot of people, people who look like me, like ignored the rules of how prisoners of war should have been treated when it came to black folks, black regiments, didn't even care, butchered people, maimed people, harmed people, did a lot of damage, did a lot of just wicked, wicked, evil people, wicked And I don't care what anyone says. Anyone who wants to own anybody is wicked. There is no kind slave owner. And there is no kind person who would fight for the right for someone to own people. That's wicked. That's evil. Anyway. (laughs) Like I was saying. And so me, she, she was upset that I put out, that I posted this thing. But it was true. And I got it directly from her state's website. Her state being the state of Mississippi. And I said, I don't know why you're upset with me about sharing the exact information that is shared on your state's website. This is not hearsay. This is true. Well, I think, you know, people are going to have a misunderstanding about the state of Mississippi and race relations. And And I said, girl, are you serious right now? She was serious. She was really upset with me about telling the truth about her home state. And so I was like, you know what? That's the end of this friendship. That's the end. When you are upset with me for telling the truth and you're more upset with me than you are with your own state. As if I'm the person who was the problem. Like I told the truth about your state. Anyway, I didn't need, I didn't need a friend like that. I was like, you know what? That's enough. (laughs) That's enough. When you think I'm going to take a post down about the truth about your state, if it was my state, I'd be pissed at the state. And I'm a friend for pointing it out. I'd be like, oh my God, thank you for sharing with this with me. I didn't know that. Oh my goodness. Like, let me write to our representative. That's nonsense. No, you're going to be mad at the friend. Get get out of my life. Anyway, this is a reminder that the Confederacy lasted all of five years. Five years. You know what lasted longer than five years? Barack Obama being president. Living single on an incredible show, right? Outcast. LeBron James's basketball career, 
Law and Order SVU, which there are, there's an entire generation who literally grew up. I, I hope not watching it. Like, I hope y'all didn't start watching it until y'all were adults because there's a lot of harmful themes and, and copaganda and stuff like that. But as a former watcher of Law and Order SVU, because that, that is, the, is the jam. Some of the spices in y'all damn cabinet, which I'm not here to judge, but please, y'all, please check the expiration on your, the spices on your cabinet. Spices don't last forever. Spices are just like any other food. Please check the expiration on, on your spices. Not all spices last forever, okay? But some of the spices in your cabinet are older than five years. It's unmoved houses with you. Um, that, uh, that box of Arm & Hammer that y'all have sitting in the back of y'all fridge right now that you've been meaning to change out, y'all keep forgetting to do it five years why do we need a heritage month for a bunch of traders that lasted five years a bunch of wanting people who, a bunch of people who wanted to own people it was in their constitution the reason why we are we are seceding from the united states is because we want to own people y'all can keep saying oh it's about states rights states rights to what to what states rights to what okay Tate Reeves can suck it and so can that, um, that girl who got mad at me about telling the truth about her damn state. Um, I told y'all we were hammering through these stories and we are hammering through a lot of these stories. Um, okay, the next two are a little silly, but I feel like I need to say this. Um, so NPR, y'all know I love NPR. Y'all know I've done work with NPR and PBS. I grew up on PBS. I enjoy PBS specifically WHYY in the Philadelphia area. Shout out to WHYY, uh, have left Twitter. Why have they left Twitter? Because Twitter has, uh, delineated them as quote state sponsored media. If you have ever watched a PBS broadcast, you know that you're especially as a child I remember sitting on the floor watching my little program I think it was probably Sesame Street or Arthur or something else and when they say financial support from viewers like you thank you and then I smile like yeah viewers like me <laughs> knowing that I haven't con contributed a damn thing to <laughs> not my little age of like 11 or 12 uh, which is a child Mike Moon this is a reminder that 11 and 12 year olds are, ch are children. I have nieces that age. Shouldn't be married. Gross. Nasty people. Anyway, back to NPR and PBS. Um, they have left Twitter um, because of that delineation. And this is a reminder that the minuscule amount of money that NPR and PBS receive from the government is, it's, it's literally a drop in the bucket. Their overwhelming support that comes to those independent news sources so that we can receive independently created high level without the the paywall of a you know of a Washington Post or a uh, New York Times um, free to the public news top tier level news is because it's sponsored by the community it's the it's community investment that supports those entities. And does NPR and PBS get it right 100% of the time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But who does? Who does? What I'm saying is those two are extremely worthy causes to support. If you are looking to support um, your local PBS station um, or if you're looking to support NPR, I encourage you to go to their website and show your support for independent journalism. Um, independent journalism, independent uh broadcasting some of the smartest shows I've ever watched um some of the best shows I've ever watched some of the best children's programming I've ever watched have come from an NPR or a PBS I have a list of podcasts I listen to every single week and the majority of them are NPR podcasts very smart very just just great work that they're doing over there and I encourage you to support them but yes they have since left twitter um and that says a lot about what's going on over at twitter speaking of twitter there's a whole lot of tweets that people have been deleting this week uh one i want to highlight is by one cassandra at cassie wears heels who she decided to tweet a picture of herself with a little glass looking cute out and about you know vibing 
um little white lady enjoying her little glass of, of drink i don't know what was in there i don't know what she was imbibing um it must have been strong for her to tweet this because she tweeted that with a picture of lizzo who was naked you know enjoying her body enjoying herself also with a cup on a couch um cute little bangs cute little haircut looking like lizzo cute just a cute girl but naked but naked yeah um and she said me or lizzo that was the caption I want to point out that you don't have to self-own like this. You don't have to self-own. So what the over, I guess she was trying to say like she was cuter and hotter than Lizzo, which by our unfortunate, our, our society's unfortunate beauty standards, people would say that Cassie was cuter. However, I am proud to, I am proud of the dragging that this woman received because everyone was like Lizzo, 100% Lizzo. And then I saw one tweet, God, I wish I could have gotten this before this woman deleted it because she got dragged so bad she had to delete this. And it was being dragged by famous people, people with a really big following. Um, One guy said, um, you have to be specific, Cassie. Like he said, if I'm talking about people who I want to have a conversation with, people who I would love to hang out with, 100% Lizzo. If I'm talking about somebody who wants to clean out my garage, you know, maybe you. Are you good at cleaning? You have to be more specific. And when I tell you I screamed, the scream I scrome, the scream I scrome from this, <laughs> from that tweet. I'm like, sir, get <laughs> But she was getting dragged across the internet. Unfortunately, she's the same person who also tweeted some time ago that white supremacy, saying somebody was a right, white supremacist is, is, is akin to saying someone is the N-word. But she just she's just flat out said the N-word. Um, and not only was she loud and wrong, but like it just told us what kind of time she was on. So we were like, all right, girl, bye. Um, so that made the draggy even sweeter. So I'm like, oh, you're a racist too? You're not only are you fat phobic, not only are you a what like you you racist oh let's go ahead let the dragging commence so yeah y'all that happened um cassie you thought <laughs> you really thought even lizzo tweeted like I, she didn't tag her she didn't you know retweet the post or repost the post but she essentially just tweeted in her in her on her page she just said lizzo and i'm like we all know what this is in reference to ma'am um so shout out to Lizzo last story I know we've run through a lot of stories I told you we had a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to talk about it um I wanted to highlight this week being black maternal health week um I recently posted on my Instagram um, a story I did with parents shout out to parents specifically shout out to kindred by parents if y'all can go over and support kindred by parents go and read some of the work over there incredible journalism happening over there not just because i'm writing for them but because they are they're doing the damn thing shout out to celeste and to moina um doing the damn thing over there uh it's black maternal health week which is usually held between april 11th and april 17th um yeah the stats are not good y'all because the CDC recently released a report on maternal health, just maternal health in the nation overall, and the results are grim. According to the CDC, in 2021, at the height of the pandemic, um, there was a 50, oh, sorry, a 40% increase of maternal death from the previous year. We already had a high maternal death for a, quote, wealthy nation. And there's a reason why I put quotes around there. You know, I want to be like nations that benefited from colonialism, but there's a lot of other nations in there. Well, no. Well, no. There are, there's a handful of nations in there that did not benefit from any colonialism. But for the majority of the nations in there, they benefited from colonialism, tyranny, imperialism, some form of, of oppression against another group. Um, so that's why I put quotes around wealthy um anyway uh in a separate report the cdc has determined that 84 percent of those pregnancy related deaths were preventable not every state uh i'm sorry not every community fares the same in their data the cdc showed that black women were 2.6 more likely to die 
um, during pregnancy or through the first few weeks postpartum um, than white women. Like it's a big jump. It's something like 69.9 uh, deaths per every 100,000 babies born as opposed to white women where it's like 26, which is still high. Like these numbers are still high. These numbers are still ridiculous, like stupid high for no reason. Right. Uh, 26.6 deaths for every 100,000 and 80, 84% of those deaths are preventable. These are preventable deaths. Um, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of things that are at play. Um, but the main thing is racism. It's racism and implicit bias. It's moms, it's moms saying that they're experiencing something and people not listening to them. It's being ignored. Y'all remember when them damn nurses put that video out with their icks? My ick is that, you know, you want to take a shower before you get induced or something like that. My ick is that, you know, you keep coming back to the desk asking for towels and blankets. My ick, And this is in Atlanta. And this is during the middle of the black maternal health crisis. These labor and delivery nurses were complaining about people coming to them for help coming to them, asking for basic things like blankets, when they could shower, when they could eat, basic things that people would ask for. If you can't be a compassionate individual to a person who may be at some of the most scary times in their life, then you don't need to be in the medical field, period. Your bedside manner is shit. And the way you're treating people who are getting ready to bring a human being into the world is garbage and you need to reconsider maybe pick a pick a and uh a job um or an occupation where you don't have to deal with people if that if your ick is taking care of the people and you're working in a hospital girl what are we talking about here <sighs> it's a lot it's a lot like in one state um i wrote about the state of georgia which is home to 3.3 million black residents. Um, they discovered that the, um, something like more black, um, Georgians are, they're more likely to live in counties without prenatal or obstetric care than their white counterparts with half of the predominantly black counties being maternity care deserts. That means there's no, there's nothing. There's not, a hospital with a labor and, and delivery unit. There is not um, a birthing center, a labor center. There's nothing for them, nothing. And that's just Georgia. We could talk about what's going on with Texas too. Um, because in Texas, this is according to the guardian in December after a con December of this past year. Um, in December, after a controversial delay, the state finally released its latest data from 2019 on the maternal mortality rate. The findings revealed that the black community continue, uh, continues to face the worst pregnancy outcomes in the state. Black women were not only twice as likely as white women and four times as likely as um, Hispanic women to die from pregnancy and childbirth. Um, these inequalities have persisted for over a decade. Obstetric hemorrhage was the leading cause of death in Texas. Um, it declined in various communities overall, except for black women, which saw an increase of nearly 10%. So if it's going down in other communities, except for the black ones, we need to pay attention to that. These rates should be alarming to anyone. And I, I say that it should be alarming, especially for those who are leading the states. But in the good state of Louisiana, there is a senator there, Louisiana State Senator Bill Cassidy, who, when pressed about his state's abysmal, abysmal black maternal um, mortality rate, he said, quote, this is what he said. I don't need to lose no more friends over this. <laughs> this is what the man said. I didn't say this. This is a direct quote from an interview he did. He said about a third of our population is African-American. African-Americans have a higher incidence of maternal mortality. So if you correct our population for race, we're not as much of an outlier as it would otherwise appear. 
if you correct our population for race, we are not as much of an outlier. If you take out the Negroes, it's not that bad. The numbers aren't that bad if you just take out the black folk. That's what the man said. The blatant disregard for black birthing people is what leads to our deaths. A combination of disparities in care, the closing of hospitals, how doctors are trained, uh, personal bias and racism lead to these outcomes systemically. There needs to be more done. And I'm not saying that there's not anything being done because we all know there's multiple organizations, which I tagged a bunch of them on my Instagram. If you guys are interested in supporting them, um, I'm probably going to start a, uh, a fundraiser for them soon over there as well but yeah y'all this is a mess this is a mess and the this the sick part about it is these are largely preventable deaths largely preventable obviously you're not gonna save everybody and you're gonna but you should at least try and do your best to save everybody to make sure that these mothers who are bringing babies into the world make it home with their babies it just makes sense to me. Anyway, so um, if you guys are interested in more information on that, I can I can include the links to the report I did for parents and a, a separate report that I did for Zora. Um, and yeah, let's let's make sure that these families stay families. You know, families deserve to have their mothers not mourn them. Um, and that's this week's episode of the Reclaim Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Um, please, please, please take two minutes. It literally takes two minutes to leave a review wherever you are listening to this, um, wherever you are. Um, I saw that the Spotify community, shout out to y'all over there. Um, y'all, y'all be supporting me over there and I appreciate y'all. Um, but anywhere, anywhere you're listening to this here podcast, please drop five stars. If you can drop a few words in there, let the folks know how you are enjoying the program. It really means a lot to these networks. It really means a lot to me. Um, and it helps further amplify this little program we have here. Um, also, thank you to everyone who is joining the Patreon um, if you would like to be a patron and keep this show independent, you too can support over at Patreon. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Whitney Elise. Um, that not only supports this show, but it also supports all of the the educational posts, the the blog posts, the piece, just all that stuff. It supports all of that. Um, if you want to be a, a part of that support, go ahead, join Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Whitney Elise. Um, there's exclusive content over there and a Patreon only podcast where we do deep dives into topics that we either talk about here or new topics um, because, you know, it's like a it's like a little cute community over there. We keep things nice and tight and quiet over there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's everything I got. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, I hope you are living well. I hope you are staying well. Hope you're being well. And as always, peace, y'all. Thank you.